The Combat Ops Arena Combats podcast is ready to go, but I can't start the podcast until I tell you about Combat Ops Arena. It's on Lay Road. It is the perfect place for all the family fun and not so family fun. Bring everybody. Bring your friends. Go over to Lay Road. Check them out on CombatOpsArena.com. See everything they have to offer between the arcade, the laser tag, the mini bowling, even the food they've got. You can throw axes. You can drink adult beverages. You can do it all at Combat Ops Arena. So go check them out. They're on Lay Road and at CombatOpsArena.com. There we go. That's in the books. That feels so good. Let's go ahead and do the next show. Welcome to another glorious episode of the Combat Ops Arena Comets podcast. I am your host, Shane Alberani. I hope everybody is having a good start to the week, and it's about to get a lot better because you are here listening to this podcast. And this week, we have Comet goaltender Eric Levine. I wasn't sure what we were going to get out of this interview because uh, Eric, uh, you know, relatively new to the team, someone I hadn't really sat down and talked to until we came into my office and, and I put the microphone in front of him, and it was really cool. He has got some neat stories. He's been around. Uh, he has played for a lot of teams and a lot of towns, and uh, he's also got some uh, deep philosophical uh, questions and answers for you. So this is a very deep show. We also talk about uh, his folks and his dad has got a really cool story uh, that you want to stick to the end to hear that one. So, all right, here is Comet goaltender Eric Levine. So can you name all the places you've played? Like <laughs> rattle them off. Yeah, I could probably, can? Name, probably name them in order, too. Uh, <laughs> pro Hockey. Pro Hockey. Uh, Syracuse, Toledo, Peoria, <clears throat> Allen, Quad City in the SP, Quad City in the Central, uh, <laughs> uh, Fort Wayne, Utah, Colorado, Alaska, Rockford, Cleveland, um, Louisiana, Pensacola, I feel like I'm forgetting one in the East Coast Hockey League. Newfoundland? Newfoundland, yeah. That's the most recent. How did yeah, you forget I that know, one? Yeah, I guess so. That's the most recent. Yeah, Newfoundland. Uh, yeah, that'd be it. I think that's a lot. <laughs> so, have pads will travel. That should be your uh, your nickname. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> have goalie gear will play for minimum wage. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Just, just, just need a team. There you go. So you're kind of, you know, you actually, you know, you've got enough material maybe for a book one day. Oh, I mean, yeah. Think about it. I oh, mean, yeah. the life of a backup goalie. I've seen everything you can see in, in pro hockey. <laughs> uh, a lot of stuff is the, the travel uh, and just how everything is kind of works in the business, you know. Right. I've seen on a lot of different sides, so. Yeah, I've been to a lot of rinks. Uh, that that stuff's cool. Um, I guess at the time, you know, you go through certain situations. Like I was, this is a, not a joke. I was called up to Alaska, um, and the coach uh, calls me in, and um, I don't play the first two days. I'm expecting to play. We have a three and three. We got beat like eight to one and nine to two against Idaho, who was really good that year. So I was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna play. I had flown up from Peoria to Alaska as a battle to get there show up on the Sunday. It was an afternoon game. My stuff was packed. Uh, he said he sent me home. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I thought I was calling up the other goalie from Peoria. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So he set me back. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. So I go, all right, just when I thought I've heard everything, uh, he was looking to call up Kyle Rank on my team and, and got me instead and decided uh, he was going to going to be done with that situation so how does so. that happen does i mean does he i mean he obviously he calls up quad city and says i was in peoria, oh, peoria. yeah he doesn't okay, even sorry. call the team he, 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 he kind of calls you and and i think he had called my coach at that point and however it was translated they i just they just kind of said you're going to alaska and i was like okay i didn't really ask too many questions uh yeah you know, i mean i got there i mean went for practice for a couple of days played the games got home he didn't say anything. He's like, yeah, I, I kind of thought I was getting the other goalie. <laughs> but he didn't say anything while you were there. No, not a word. <laughs> not a word. So. Oh, wow. Been around the world. But, yeah. no, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's uh, yeah. It's been an awesome ride. Yeah. Met a lot of cool people. Seen a lot of really uh, interesting parts of the, of the country. And uh, just, yeah, I met a ton of great people. Coaching staff, players, it's it's been a blast. As if you ask me to name every player I played with, I could not do that. Oh, I won't do that. <laughs> I won't do that. But, well, it's weird. You, you come to these teams. I mean, you played in Fort Wayne this year. Mm -hmm. You went to Newfoundland. Then you yeah. came back to Fort Wayne. But, uh, you know, when you play on these teams, you obviously played against or with all of the guys yeah. that you're on your team with. Yeah, that's the that's the only reason why I did so well in Newfoundland because I had <laughs> just spent time understanding their system. And right. in the six games we played, I, I, I swear I think we scored. We were averaging five goals a game. Yeah. We were dominating teams. Um, and then I went up there and I was like, I know these guys are really good, but like I know what they're going to do. Like right. I know their video. I know their plan. I know their players. So sure enough, I mean, yeah, sometimes just in the back of your mind. But uh, I had those guys' numbers up there because I had just, uh, just spent a week getting lit up by them in practice. Yeah, and that's got to be one of those things where they, they see they, you know, the Comet signed you, you're on your way back there, and they might even go, oh, wow, <laughs> we've made a mistake. It's pretty cool to play. I mean, you know, obviously the situation is um, it, it wasn't like they really had a choice. I mean, their hands are tied. Yeah. They got two contract guys back, which is how most of the time it works, like, 80% of the time at, at this level, the transactions for goalies are, are predicated on the movement of the contract guys. And yeah. Most times coaches don't have much of a, much of a, uh, an option, uh, but certainly sometimes they do. And yeah, any, uh, I've heard about every way a coach can tell you very politely that, that they don't want you. <laughs> Your services are no longer <laughs> Exactly. <needed>. Exactly. <laughs> Just dressed up a little different every right, time. Right. Right. Uh, but out of all these places, have you played, I mean, do you have a favorite? Is there like someplace, Oh, I'd like to go back there and even like settle down there. Right. Um, I mean, every place is is very unique. It, it kind of depends on what you want. You know, if you want to be in a warmer climate, yeah. I mean, there's places I've played. Like I played in Pensacola. I mean, it's a, it's a beach town. It's 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 retirement. It's party. It's yeah. It's but I'm not really a beach guy. I'm not really a warm weather guy. So that yeah. that wouldn't be where I'd want to go. Um, I played in Colorado, and I've had family there before in Denver. Um, Colorado, we play in Loveland. It's it's an hour outside of Denver. It was just a really, it was super crisp air, very clean. You're right yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. Um, you know, you have hiking, you have all these things you can do during the spring, summer, and then in the winter, you know, you've got all the, all the outdoor activities, cool towns, um, very like trendy places. Colorado's kind of hipster, yeah. uh, which isn't exactly who I am, but I enjoy like this, the, instead of going to like a chain restaurant, you get a mom pop yeah. place, something different. Um, it was really cool. People were nice there. Just, I, I, I love the weather. Right. I mean, you're crisp. You're golfing in June, you know, February. Uh, you're in the mountains. I mean, it was it was pretty neat. So that might be one place I would uh, move back to. <laughs> Colorado, yes. It was. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, we don't go out there anymore. Uh, but it was always fun. Uh, yeah. To go out there. Always, right. Always nice. And an awesome there. rink, and they got awesome fans. Um, yeah. Uh, nothing it, like Fort Wayne. Though. I mean, Fort Wayne's right. the best fans. That's and, right. <laughs> I played for them for hockey by bar none. So you, well, you've obviously, well, you just said you've, you've played in a lot of rinks. Yep. You know, have you? I mean, what's the 
I guess maybe what's the best and what's the worst. Fort Wayne and Fort Wayne. <laughs> it's the best if nice. you're on them. It's the best if it's good. Uh, and it's the worst if you're not. I mean, I was with Indy a couple years ago. Um, we came in here. Uh, we got uh, spanked just about every game we played here. Um, and it's, yeah, it's intimidating. You got 8,000 people yelling at you. And, I mean, Fort Wayne uh, has been so dominant, mostly offensively, that as a goalie, sometimes your head's just spinning going in there. I've been fortunate to have some pretty good games. I yeah. think I, I really embrace that atmosphere. I mean, it's nothing better as a goalie. Uh, Fort Wayne's got an awesome place to play. Um, yeah, Colorado was great. You'd be surprised. I think one of the more underrated places to play in the uh, – we played in the SP in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. And it only f- seats about 4,000, but it, it's packed to the roof. Um, they're loud, and they want fights, and they <laughs> are just in your face, and they love hockey down there. They don't even know what's going on hockey-wise. Yeah, they don't yeah, know yeah, systems or yeah, four check, yeah. back check, but they love to see in physical hockey – and the fans right around me just heckling me nonstop. Uh, I've played a couple cool games. I, I was part of what might have probably been the last uh, guaranteed fight night in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> they were guaranteeing that someone yeah. on their team, uh, Denny Sicard, uh, was going to fight someone, which he did. Um, I was part of a Star Wars night that was like standing room only. Yeah. And they did this huge light show before it. Yeah, there's some neat places, uh, some some hidden gems around the country that people wouldn't really realize are good hockey places. Yeah, that's you mentioned, you know, the, the Southern Pro, and you're right, it's a different atmosphere. If you yeah. go down to to any Southern hockey rink, you said they're not very knowledgeable. Yeah. They just want a boxing match, they but they're passionate. But, right, oh, man, they exactly. Love it. They get into it. I mean, Huntsville gets gets close to six, seven thousand a game. I yeah, mean, it's yeah, it's crazy. The, it's good to see. I mean, I've been in pro hockey for a while now. I have seen teams, the teams that stick around, I mean, outside of the couple, teams are growing in, in fan bases. Like yeah. Every time I've played at rinks, you see the fans become more more prevalent, and it's it's, uh, it's awesome for the game. It's it's good for the town, and, I mean, it's, it's cool. These teams do a good job of getting into the community, getting players out. You know, the smartest people are the teams that are discounting on prices and giving family packages and yeah. doing stuff that's oriented towards the fans and that's what Fort Wayne does so well is you have a lot of cool fan deals and and you want big groups you want people to make an event of it and yeah. those are the teams that always do well yeah and uh, that's what we've been doing here for years and uh, you yeah. know, the fans uh, obviously have never turned their back on us no matter how crazy a season is which oh. is what we've got going here this year but it's uh, uh, we're spoiled here this that's is right the most loyal that's, that's true that is true Rocky. yeah that's we're, true we're spoiled <laughs> Uh, but you are you're from Illinois, right? Chicago, yeah. Chicago area. Born so based. and so uh, obviously you're kind of aware of the Fort Wayne area when mm-hmm. you were in Chicago. So you were kind of uh, you kind of knew what was going on here. But you have your own hockey school, right? So you're yeah. In, so an I mean, I've actually been. I mean, I've been following Fort Wayne hockey because my best friend Garrett Bartis played here for years. <laughs> you know, him and I have it seems like played here once at least yeah. every season. Um, so I would always keep up with Fort Wayne, playing against them. Um, yeah, but. Uh, I own a goalie school in Chicago, um, something that Garrett and I had run together uh, for a while and um, something that I was a part of growing up. I started coaching when I was like 14, 15, kind of as, yeah. an, as an assistant. You're helping out and just kind of worked my way up. And, um, yeah, I, I ended up buying the goalie school uh, from the previous owner. But this is going to be my fifth full year running it. Um, so we go back every summer and, and I do uh, – I organize a – about 11 different goalie camps, um, week long, four day long, what have you, and very age specific and very skill specific. So we have younger, you know, beginner camps, mid-level, we have some advanced camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I do a lot of lessons. I mean, I'm on the ice way more in the summer yeah. than I. This is a break for me. <laughs> really, only, only skating two hours a day is actually a treat for me because I put some long hours on the ice rink in the summers, but I enjoy it. So, how does one go about buying a hockey school? Yeah, uh, <laughs> how does this work? Well, it's a funny story. I mean, I I was with the school, and and when it had come about that the guy had told me that he was no longer interested in running it, and said, um, you know, you're the only person that I want to give it to. You know, you have the passion for it. You're good at what you do. So, if you don't buy it, if you don't take over the, the brand, the name that's been established since 1982. So it's been yeah. running. I went there as a kid. Um, he said, it's it's just going to die. So I was like, well, of course. I mean, I want to keep it going. I want to be involved in it. Um, and yeah, we had arranged a kind of a loose price based on what I thought it was worth and what he thought. And it ended up being the amount that I needed was just about the amount that was left to me um, as an inheritance when my grandmother passed uh -huh. away. So I was like, all right, there's no better thing I could right. see spending this money sure. on than if it was basically kind of a match. Uh, so, yeah, just kind of happened like that and um, spent the money. And, and, I mean, it's definitely paid off, and I, I'm so happy doing it. And it's something I'm going to for sure 100% be doing uh, full-time when I'm done playing. And it, uh, it keeps you able to be doing still playing. I mean, obviously. Yeah, love it. Yeah. yeah there's, there's nothing better because I can play, um, you know it's just cool to still be involved because I'm involved in the game at a very high level. And then I get to take whatever I learn and whatever I see and experience and you get to pass that along and yeah, it keeps you engaged. I mean, it makes me want to watch hockey. You know, yeah. it's hard when you're playing in the season. I mean, you ask guys, you think about hockey, you practice, you play, and then you're sitting down and you're, and you're watching TV and most guys don't want to watch hockey because right. you, you know, you kind of want to turn your brain off a little bit. Um, but it keeps me like wanting and motivated to learn more about the position Yeah. because the more I know, not only does it help me, but it also helps me in what I have uh, branded down in Chicago. So. And there's uh, a couple guys on the team who have hockey schools. Yeah, uh, Babs uh, has Babs one. got one. Ben Boudreaux has got one. It's, yeah. Uh, both of them are, are, are pretty big. So And those two guys, they're hockey nonstop. That's the they're thing. They're 24-7. Like <laughs> the people that are involved in it, um, you have to have a passion for yeah. it. If, you don't, if it's just something that you think of as a paycheck, like I can just make money by doing this, you're not going to last. You have to truly care, and you have to be very um, – to be a student of the game that, that's kind of the thing I always preach to my kids is that I wasn't always the best I'm still not the best or most talented yeah like, that's not why I've gotten anywhere I have it's because I've always wanted to educate myself on the nuances of the position you know and the goalie is such a specific specialized area that it's just like you don't have anyone to help you unless that person helping you was a goalie yeah like you just it's a different language it's a it, you have to speak and, and understand it um, so it's really cool to be able to kind of I was a hockey nerd like I was a goalie nerd I wasn't yeah. a hockey I was a goalie nerd growing up so to have all those things that I enjoyed um, learning and they were very basic uh, very rudimentary compared to what is out there now you know I was like clipping pages out of goalies world magazine that would frame by frame a save and talk about right. it and that was like the only form of teaching I had now you've got videos you've got people that are putting content out and it's way more accessible which is a good thing that's why the position has grown and so many kids are are getting better at it. it's amazing the i look at a 10 year old goalie and see some of the stuff they're doing and i'm like dude if i compared to you the footage of me as a 10 year old right. i was like standing on my two feet and flopping down you know and kids are butterfly sliding they're going into their rvh post lanes i'm like oh man these kids are going to be so good by the time they're my age it's going to be scary do you find that goalies in general make better coaches because like when i was i never really played hockey i mean outside of pickup games okay. in high school a little bit um i was i always played baseball and guys who were catchers and i was a catcher i played first place i played i played everywhere right. but catchers always made the best coaches because they yeah. saw the game from every angle yeah i am um, i think it 
it's just as you have a hard time relating to a goalie if you're if you weren't one it's hard to really understand like, i know the x's and o's of hockey and i and i see what the system should be because i've i've heard so many great coaches and i've seen how it's how it's implemented and how it happens but i've never been a forward so i don't actually yeah. know what it's like to take a route or to say this was a hockey read versus you should be in this position because this is what my system says you, you don't have that correlation so I don't think they make great head coaches. You haven't seen a ton of goalies um, in the NHL yeah. become head coaches. I mean, Patrick Watt tried. He didn't have a lot of success. Other goalies have tried to get into it. It's more they are meant to be goalie coaches. It's just you're so, like I say, you are. we play the same sport, but yeah. we're not even it's in a di- the same right. ballpark. Right. Like, we are only hockey players because we wear the same jersey. Right. It's a whole different world. So in and of itself, I think goalies are bred to be goalie coaches because they are the only ones that are able to articulate and understand and empathize with another goalie. So it would be a waste of, of your talents and all of your hard work and the things you have accumulated over a career for a goalie to say, I'm not going to even focus on goalies now. I'm going to go into coaching. Yeah. Um, there are guys that do it, but I say in the majority of them end up being goalie coaches. So you mentioned Garrett Bardis, one yeah. of your good buddies. And before I even knew you guys had a <laughs> hockey school together, I said, you remind me a lot of Garrett Bardis. I had no idea that you guys were buddies. We spent too much time together. Yeah, it's like, I, I mean, he reminds us, like, like, when you came and played initially as uh, the first year, I'm like, wow, he reminds me so much of Bartz. That's because funny. Because you guys kind of had a little bit of the same style, but it's like, you know, you guys have never been the number one. You've never been that guy. Right. But if time came, you had to be the number one, we'd have total confidence right. that you would take over the job. Yeah, that's what Garrett did so well. I mean, I mean, I remember him because when Pat Nagel got hurt, he yeah. came in and um, and it's just like, man, he stepped in and, and he was able to play that second role, but was also able to be a guy that could carry the mail. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect example was just last year, you know, Hauser got hot at the end. Yeah, he's playing great. I don't think Garrett had played in like a month. Yeah. And then all of a sudden plays in game two yeah. in Colorado in the semifinals and wins. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's so underrated to have a guy that can do that. Yeah. And like, he was fantastic because he was accepting of his role and he knew that he's just... I, I'm here to be the guy if needed. And if not, I'm going to be the best teammate, the best practice right. guy. Um, and I remember talking to him and, and he's like, that makes me happy because I'm part of a great team. He's like, it's easy when you're in Fort Wayne because it's, you get treated so good that you just want to be a part of it. Yeah. And, and he really did a good job. He stepped in and played great every time you asked him to. And uh, yeah, it's, it's funny though. Like we, we've known each other for a long time and, and the last four years we've lived together because we've run the goalie school. And there's just things that I, I find myself like saying, I'm like, man, I sound like Bardis when I say this. And I just pick up a, a lot of the things that he does. Uh, and it, it's good though. He's, he's a very motivated uh, guy to work. He works hard. Yeah. He's, he's got that work ethic. His dad is a guy that gets up at three thirty and, you know, works all day and, and is, you know, so he's had that in him. So he's always the one that's like, all right, we're going to the gym or all right, we're going to go work out. Yeah. It's great. Cause I just kind of follow his lead. Yeah. Um, so he's, yeah, he's good about that, but uh, no, he's, it's, it's good to see him in, in South Carolina, and, um, yeah, he was great here, so he had nothing but good things to say. And and you mentioned, you know, the goalies are a different breed, and obviously right. on a hockey team, uh, you know, there's only two of you. Right. So, you know, when you come into a new situation like you do all the time, right. is there any type of, like, the number one guy is here, does he look down on you, does he open arms? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's different situations yeah. you've had. There's different. Um, it depends. I mean, every, every individual is different for the most part. Goalies are pretty like, hey, we know it's not it's not my call if I play. Yeah, it's the coach's decision. Yeah. Like if if you're mature enough to get that, then there's usually no animosity. Um, I've only been with one guy, uh, and I won't say his name, 
who just yeah came in and was like look down on you yeah. know, I'm better than you you know you don't even deserve to be on the same ice as me and it's like buddy we're we're on the same league like whether right. you're an NHL contract guy and you feel like you don't belong here or you're a guy that's called up and you feel like you do like you're at the same level yeah so most guys are pretty good about that and uh I've been lucky. I mean, Fukali and Hafner were, were both great yeah. guys. And, like, you know, we all know it's not it's not up to us. So there's no point in me getting upset at Fukali if I'm mad that right. he's playing because it's not his call. I You want him to do well because ultimately that makes the team do better. Yeah. Like, if you, you have to put the team ahead of you. Um, so, yeah, Fuchs and, uh, and Hafner are both great. So most times goalies get along, though. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure there's times when you get in there, it's like, all right, you know, I can I can show up the guy who was, you know, second-round draft pick, you know. Right. And <laughs> in I, the back of your head, you know. I, I have learned, you know, early in my career I'd sit on the bench and I'd be, you know, mentally, uh, you know, stabbing his voodoo doll. Right. Like, hey, get up a goal from the red line. <laughs> And then, you know, it's funny, the hockey gods come back, and then I end up giving the goal. It's to all the karma. So it's all karma. I've learned yeah. to cheer on the inside, and, and I know if I'm cheering for him that that, that, that will give me some good some good brownie points uh, yeah. with the hockey gods. I mean, do you guys pick each that. other up? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah you're the only two that understand what's going on. You know, hey, this was maybe not your fault. Like, you know, you didn't play bad. Maybe the defense didn't let you up or whatever. It's, it, it's a lot of just mentally encouraging, like – it's such a tough position. It's a hard enough position, uh, so it's harder when you make it harder on yourself. So you kind of just have to remind guys sometimes that, hey, can't be so hard on yourself. The game's hard enough as it is. Don't, yeah. don't make it any more difficult than it is. Like, you you went out there, you played good, uh, just kind of move on, and it's a long season. So. You know, and you have to stay so mentally tough because you are going to go long stretches without playing, but also you can right. just get the nod at any given time as well. As a goalie, uh, you're out of it, and you're in it quicker than yeah. anyone. You go from being... And this isn't just in within a game. This is within your career. You're, you're going from no team wants you, which I've been right. on. I've been calling SP teams, begging them to let me play for them, to a week later being a starting goalie, winning goalie of the week in the ECHL. Like how, right. That just doesn't happen with players. You don't go from not wanted, not having a team, to being on a team in the SP, getting called up, guy getting injured, you being in the lineup, you being the go-to guy. Like you, see, you, you can move up and down so quickly that you have to be ready because – you can get a phone call that someone's going up and now all of a sudden you're in. Well, you went from the SB to the AHL yeah. in one week this, yeah. week this year, didn't you? Crazy. That was crazy. So that's just part of the position. Yeah. That's what makes it so cool, and that's what uh, I think keeps me coming back because, uh, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot more lows than highs. Um, but always in the back of your mind, you have that prosperity that, hey, this can turn around for me like that. Yeah. You're just, you're, you're literally one, one bounce away, one, one day away from being in, um, and things change. And when you do get that chance, you better be ready. Uh, and the worst thing you can do is have that opportunity and say, Oh, wow, I actually wasn't preparing. I was so worried about my stance on the team. I was so worried about yeah. my own thing that it took me, it distracted me from actually working on my game and being as ready as I can be. Because once you get there, now you got to perform. So it wastes your time when you think about anything other than just, being as sharp as you can, and whenever you get the call, going in there and making some saves. So when you've gone pro, you've never gone into a season going, all right, I'm going to be here all year. <laughs> you've never had I that. In, I, I went into one, and it ended <laughs> with me blowing my knee out two months into the season. <laughs> Last year, it was, I was in Peoria, and I had just gotten cut from Greenville at a camp um, where I thought I was going to be signed there, whatever. And I was like, I'm just, I'm done moving around. I've, this is my, it was going on my fifth year. I was like, I just want the year where I settle in. I unpack my bags. I decorate my room. I buy groceries a month in advance because yeah. I go to Costco. And I just want that. 
and I was so happy and I was so content. I was having the best year of my life and then blew my knee out in a game uh, right before Christmas and never played again there. So uh, <laughs> it's funny how she works. And I told myself going into this year, I said, oh, I'll just stay in Quad City all year. Yeah. I'll have fun. And uh, sure enough. What, are you up to yeah. four teams this year? Yeah, right? here I am. So it's great how it works out. So how does it go, travel-wise? I mean, obviously you're you're in an apartment or you're in a hotel in some most, times. Most times hotels because yeah. when you do get up, um, you know, the team doesn't know for sure how long you're going to be there. So, yeah, you spend a lot of time in hotels. I mean, that's – I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but, like, I like – I don't mind hotels. I don't mind the travel. Um, I listen to podcasts. I don't mind being kind of alone. Yeah. Just taking some time, crossing the country. I mean, as long as it's not snowing out. I don't mind driving. So. so do you, I mean, you drive, I mean, I'm sure there's some teams who do fly you in. Yeah. But Newfoundland and Alaska were the only two that I got flown into everywhere else I've driven. Ever? So what is the longest drive you've had to, to um, endure in a short period of time? I went one year from Chicago to Utah, um, spent a week there. I thought I was going to be there all season, got cut after the first week, went to, from Utah back to Chicago for a quick stop, drove down to Pensacola, and then went from Louisiana to Colorado back to Chicago. So that was like that, that six months, I put a lot of miles on the Mazda. And, and how many uh, oil changes did yeah. you go through in a year? Too many. <laughs> Too many. I've almost got the car paid off. Uh, I actually got my car in Fort Wayne. I don't know if first, uh, when I got called up here many years ago, yeah. the first day in, I was supposed to meet the team at the rink. We were leaving for a game in Toledo, and I was driving in from Peoria. So I got there around the time the bus was going to be packing. And I didn't know where I was going, and I kind of was driving. And I looked to see if I missed a turn. Sure enough, as soon as I turned my head back around, some lady on the bridge stopped, smashed oh. into her, totaled my car. And I didn't know anyone, so I had to call Gary. He came to pick me up <laughs> and drove me to the rink. And then, uh, so they hooked me up uh, with the best auto deal. Yeah. And that's why my car, uh, that's where it's from. I bought it in Fort Wayne. So <laughs> see, it's almost paid off. And I know that because it was a five-year loan. So I'm going on the five years now. <laughs> that's why I keep track is when the last time I was in Fort Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a cool that's a cool way to, to yeah. remember. So uh, shout out to yeah. Gary for picking me up that yeah. day because I would have missed the bus. <laughs> it would have been bad. <laughs> Well, so yeah, so you got your first uh, coming here to Fort Wayne was traumatic. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You just totaled your car, and then you yeah. had to get on the bus, and I might actually play tonight. I yeah. was like late, and I had food. Uh, yeah. and I was like, sorry guys, like it's when you walk into a plane and they right. tell the door, and you're like walking in with like a giant, you know, drink and a neck pillow, and you're like, sorry guys. Yeah, I just met you guys, but um, it's in an accident. Sorry, your pregame is going to be cut short. Right, because of me, yeah. But, like, when you walk into a locker room, I mean, do you point, hey, I know that guy, hey, we played here. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know, I'm getting older, but everyone seems so young now. Like, (laughs) just everyone is so young that even when they talk about colleges or, you know, guys they played with, it's like, I've been removed from college for six, you know, going on six years. So yeah. even the guys that were like young when I was there, like I don't know. Like I went to school was so Zach Lynch was a freshman uh, on Wheeling, yeah. was a freshman as a senior. So it's like he's already graduated, he's already got his brother there. It's like I don't know any of these guys that played with these players. Like, so uh, I do know some of the old guys. Like I played with Shaftsma and Allen, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, so I knew him right away, and Solar was the only Solar and Sadlowski were the only guys that were here last time I was in Fort Wayne. Okay. Um, Solar was under contract with Colorado, and we were affiliated with them yeah. at the time. So I remember those two, and everyone else. Yeah, so young, and and uh, don't recognize many, but they're all great guys, though. It's it's pretty easy to walk into a locker room. Everyone's everyone's so nice. But I've heard uh, Jamie chirp you. You know, I remember when I scored on you here and scored on you there. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he scored a couple of big goals on me. <laughs> I mean, the only time I, I, I had the opportunity to beat Fort Wayne, I was in Indy. At the end of the season, we were in Indy. Um, we were up 2-1 to one with, like, 30 seconds left. 
And I was like, my God, I'm actually going to beat Fort Wayne. Yeah. This is amazing. Oh, I called that game. I remember it. And Jamie <laughs> scored with 30 <laughs> seconds left and then scored in the shootout on me. Uh, <laughs> so better, right. better him on my team than against right, me. Right, right. So you grew up in Illinois. Okay, yeah. so you went to high school there? I did, yeah. yeah. And uh, when did you meet Garrett Bartis? So in high school, um, going into my junior year, I was playing for a midget team. And at the time in Chicago, there was a – uh, NA3HL team, like a tier three yeah. junior team. It was in West Meadows, close to where I was. Garrett was started the year on that team. And then a month into the season, that team had lost their goalie. He quit. So they needed a third. And some of the people I had played midget with were on that team too. So they called me. I tried out for the team, ended up making it. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a funny story, but like, so I was there. Tr- there was two goalies trying out for the third job. So me and so there's four goalies yeah. in practice. So two at one end, two at the other end. And I got paired with Garrett and the other guy got paired with the other guy on the team. And so like, I'm have like a week to prove that I could be on this team. And you're like, this is the most important thing yeah. in my life at the time. And I'm in there and like Garrett just was sitting in the net and wouldn't get out of the net. And I was like, <laughs> buddy, like, like give me some shots. Right. So I started fucking shooting pucks at him. And like, <laughs> man, we did not like each other. Really? We were, yeah. Hey, we were, we were mortal enemies on the team. Yeah. And it was, it was funny as I ended up getting the job. And then as the season went on and, you know, we started realizing. So he he lived like an hour away. So he had to wait because he couldn't. He was like 15. Yeah. So he had to wait for his dad to come pick him up after work, which like was like six o'clock because he lived an hour away in traffic. You right. Know? So he would stay after practice, do the team workout, and then would end up just staying and working out on his own. And I lived like 15 minutes away. I had my own car. Uh, so like, all right, let me start. Like, right. I don't want this guy to outwork me. Like, let right, me right. stay. So we ended up uh, becoming like really good friends after just realizing that we were the only two people that were actually working hard on the team. And lo and behold, we were the only two that ended up playing Division One and ended up playing pro. So uh, that's, it was that's all because of those workouts. Yeah. So then most times, you know, yeah. he'd come over for dinner and stuff because we lived right there. And yeah, we just stayed close ever since. And it's it's funny that our paths have crossed so much, and yet we've never played against each other in pro hockey. Really? You never played against yeah. – you guys never played with each other, obviously. You never with. Uh, games against, but never yeah. actually Actually against. Yeah. dueled head-to-head. Right. Other, I mean, in, 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 in college we did um, 4-0, but uh, <laughs> I had I, I had the better team. But in pro we never did. That was kind of the one thing we never Oh, man, before, well, there's, so. there's something to, to make a little footnote. If that yeah. ever happens, that'll be pretty but exciting. Big, big Garrett Barters fan, I uh, – I love the kid, and I hope he does well. So, oh, aren't we all? But yeah, uh, yeah no, that comparison. You know, when when you uh, started to play here, I'm like, wow, you just reminds me so much of Barnes. <laughs> so that's funny. weird. That it's I... funny because like we think, I think that I play yeah. the opposite of him. Yeah, you know, like we think we play so different, which is why we're, which is why we have success coaching because we both coach very different philosophies of how to coach goalies. I'm a very technical, just how I play. Like I'm positional skating, technical how to get myself in a position to get hit with the puck because I'm big and how to use my size and Garrett's feel and athletic and reading the play. And so there are, are certain ways that we both teach. And then I think we play so differently, but as people say, they can watch us, but you, know, you guys look exactly alike. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's is, more of a, a kind of like a more confidence thing. Cause I mean, you guys, right. you don't, you do have different styles, but just the, right. the confidence thing, you, when you come into the game, you can tell well, this guy knows what he's doing. He's not scared. He's not intimidated. He's ready right. to go. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool, and you know, obviously, it's it's nice like, if there's ever an issue I have. You know, goalies, I say, say goalies are are goalies by day and therapists by night. Right. Like, <laughs> so you're always talking to other goalies about their problems and just kind of being an ear sometimes. And so anytime he's had a, you know struggles or issues with things, I've always been there and uh, vice versa. So he's helped me out a lot. And do you have to be a little weird to be a goalie? Uh, I feel a lot weird to be a goalie. <laughs> not a little. It's a lot. There's not a show me a normal goalie. I'll show you a liar. <laughs> 
it's just it's not how it is. There's something there's something off there in uh, in the old noggin. There right, right. Goalie. Yeah, I, I mean, when I played, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't play. Uh, I played a little bit in high school, pick up games, but I was a goalie because I never wanted to come off the ice. It's like right. I don't want to. It's like I never wanted yeah. to. I just I want to stay guys, out there. I don't know how the guys do it. I. I would be so. I feel so helpless sitting on the bench watching right. the play go on. I mean, I, I can't score, but at least I can defend. I yeah. can always prevent the goal. You yeah. know, I could always throw a shutout in a game. Yeah, you cannot lose if you throw a shutout. That's, that's right. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, so that's it's, right. It's neat to have that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I uh, guess I've never known anything different, and and I love it. And I, I mean, I think I'm born to be a goalie. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those things you got to be a little, a little off. Yeah. And it's goalies now are good. so big, which is yeah. really weird. Uh, I mean, not weird. I mean, it's just something that back in my day, the, the you know, when I was a kid, the six foot goalie was your normal or, or five right. eight even some of those guys. Right. Uh, so, but you see these guys so you guys are so big now and so athletic that it's well, it's the game is too good. Yeah, I mean, look at the the difference of just playmaking, even from twenty years ago. Like when I grew up watching hockey, yeah. it was dump it in, hit the guy, hold him up. It was not this move it around, cycle it, work it up high, find the seams. It's like these guys are so good now that if you don't have size is like, I mean, not size. It's athleticism and size is like the bare minimum to even yeah. be able to be a goalie because it's so hard. These guys are, are so fast now in how they skate, but how they shoot the puck, it's just like I, I, it blows my mind. I didn't grow up with these guys that can just snap it off. Yeah, It doesn't even look like they're trying and it just flies off their stick. So, I mean, yeah, you got to be really athletic because um, the game has gotten so good. They move the puck so well now. It's amazing. So These guys are used to shooting. Yeah. The kids are used to, like, I, I'm in rinks. I see what kids are working on, and I see how hard the shots are from these 13-year-old kids because they're, they're getting taught how to shoot with really good equipment, by the way, with really top-end sticks that fly. Yeah. Everyone wants to shrink the goalie size equipment yeah. but they don't correlate that that's because they're increasing the level of productivity of these sticks yeah that's yeah oh, that's that's interesting make the stick yeah. shoot a puck harder yeah. but then blame the goalies when we have better save percentages so it must be our gear right not let's reduce the stick whip <laughs> so it doesn't fly off 100 miles an hour it's yeah. let's let's shrink the gear because they've gotten too good so goalies i mean we kind of take it as a compliment that we keep evolving and we keep getting better as a whole and that we're forcing the nhl to literally say what can we do to make you worse <laughs> Let's reduce your size. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you went uh, you went the college route? Yep. So what did you go to school for? Uh, I was a psychology major. Uh, so as if. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it fits pretty well, yeah. Did you write major. any papers on yourself or <laughs> or have any, a case study? Any case studies. No, I stayed away from the hockey <laughs> side. Uh, but, I mean, I was invo- I, I was a minor in sports psych, so yeah. I, I had a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, – time spent uh, with some professors going over the sports side of things, which is really cool. Very relatable, obviously, but I was more interested in like cognitive psychology than I was sports psych. So what was your, like, what's your end game there? I'm going to get a psychology degree. I'm going to be a, a, a teacher. I'm I mean, going to actually get a doctorate or if what am I going to do? If you want to do anything in psychology, I mean, at the very least, you need your master's most, I mean, you need your PhD if you're going to do anything in, yeah. in, in sort of a collegiate setting. So, um, that was always in the back of my mind, and I had good enough grades. I was, I mean, I was a pretty big nerd. Like, I was the guy sitting in front of class with my hand up in, yeah. in the teacher's office and stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I was a bit of a nerd. I was the president of our psychology honor society. So, uh, had I not been playing hockey, I would have gone somewhere. I mean, I started talking to some schools and 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 whatnot, and was uh, had some good letters of recommendation that I could have gone that way. But I just knew that I wanted to play hockey more. So, I never really thought about it. It's always been something that is there for me. Um, but like I said, as I'm seeing now, it's, it's, it's way more on the side of hockey training that I'll be into. Um, but yeah, you have to at least get a master's 
but it was just it was neat to go through and and to take the program and learn about psychology from a lot of different areas which i found applied more so outside of school just in interactions and in business and in life and in, you just see the world from a different perspective when you've been educated on some of the things that psychology had taught me. It was yeah. almost like an eye-opening experience of looking at life from a different point of view and understanding a lot of why you and, and why other people act and have certain perceptions and have certain behaviors, you know, behaviors and like you start to put all this stuff together and realize, okay, this is interesting that people are so individual and it just you have to know people and like that's maybe why I've done well in business is because like anything you're just talking with people and you're trying to figure out the best way to kind of move through that and if you understand people you can you can relate to them in a in a better way or and you can is, appreciate what they come from and this is already the deepest smartest podcast we've ever done so <laughs> just so you know we've well already, we can go on a lot more uh, we, we've crossed that so it's like I've probably uh, uh, lost a few listeners right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like Shane, tell us a goofy story about uh, right, someone right. losing their pants. This is what this show's all about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I've always been into school. Always been into in, like into learning and and into kind of expanding my horizons on on, on what life is because there's a lot. I grew up always wanting like to do hockey. That was yeah. all I wanted to do, and it's carried me to a place where I, I feel like I've, I've I've done a lot in the game and I've accomplished as a kid what I would have wanted to do. I mean, everyone wants to play in the NHL. I went to two NHL training camps. Um, you know, I got close. I never played yeah. an NHL game, but I well, made, still, made a career, call. I made a career yeah. pro hockey. So it's that's really cool and very satisfying. Um, but I'm uh, I'm realizing that there's so much more to ho- you know than life than just yeah. hockey, and you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not at least educating in something that you have passion for. Yeah, you know. So I've really tried to say there's a couple things that I'm I feel like I'm very passionate about, and and I want to just. I want to immerse myself. That's kind of who I am. Like once I get into something, I kind of get really obsessed with it. Right. Like, so I have three or four things that I do, but I'm just obsessed with them all the time. <laughs> um, so it's been, it's been pretty interesting. Oh, you get a lot done that way. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you kind of go down the rabbit hole. Right. And you're like, what am I doing here again? Right. Right. <laughs> Why am I on this page to become a, uh, an amateur astronomer? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> how did I sign up for this? So, so, uh, so like, what does your, like mom and dad do? What, I mean, um, so my, my, well, so my mom, uh, she went back to school. Uh, she had always worked in hospitals and, and after she had, she had us, she, uh, she went back to school, uh, very proud of her. And she is now going on her about 10th year. She's an ultrasound cardiac technician. Mm-hmm. So she takes scans of your heart and she reports to doctors. Um, so she's moved, uh, they lived in California and then Florida and they're back and forth. They're in Florida now, but uh, yeah, she works at a hospital, um, so she does all ultras, which is cool because I now get ultrasounds of my heart. Right. So I know that my heart's very healthy. Uh, she says it's it's very easy to find my my ventricles and all yeah. my all my reads <laughs> because she's used to scanning people that are in uh, health right. conditions that might be hundred pounds overweight. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then my dad, uh, he grew up and he actually owned a sports collecting business. So for really twenty plus years, yeah, yeah he ran. He ran eBay before it was online. Okay. So he did auctions. So he okay. would buy merchandise, collectibles. You know, he was really big into like, I mean, everything. And I have some cool stories about what he's had. But he was a any sports collectible um, piece, autograph or history. He really liked things like he would want, you know, Mickey Mantle's 500th game right. bat. You yeah. know, he would want the lineup card yeah. from when, you know, we had the lineup card and the ball 
from when Mark McGuire broke the home run record. Yeah. It was him and Sammy Sosa were going back and forth. So he was into those really cool pieces, and then he would put everything together, catalog it, and then I remember growing up, and the room would be filled with these big whiteboards that would all have boxes. They were yeah. all individual lots, and people would phone yeah. in on the telephone, like the old ring, ring right, phone, right. and say, I want to bid on lot 334 or $500. Then yeah. we'd mark it up, and then we'd have this going for all hours of the night for three straight days, and, and we did auctions. So he was really big into sports collectible auctions. Um, he's in now uh, home security, so he's an ADT rep. Um, so he does private home security stuff. Um, he just likes to say that. He's just a big collectible guy. That's, that's Anything cool. to collect, sports yeah. or, or history-wise, he wants to yeah. collect it. So. I, used to be, I used to have a huge uh, baseball memorabilia collection. Oh, I had a huge collection. Really? You have a lot to talk about with him. I, right? Yeah, he I would. Uh, but I actually got out of it because of all the fakes that were going around. Yep. And that's one thing that kind of killed my passion for it. Yeah, that was what he ran into yeah. problems with. And like I said, he did it before there was yeah, online. So right. once that happened... Um, I mean, it just took off in a different direction, and you know, he was kind of the last of that generation that did it. Yeah. Because my grandfather owned a rare coin shop, so my dad would always go around to rare coin stores with him, and then that's how he got into sports. Um, funny story. So the team in Evansville. I don't know if you've ever been to the rink. Oh yeah. Evansville. Oh yeah. So my dad was a member of the Evansville basketball team. Okay. And he was a freshman, um, and my grandfather said, "Hey, I have a coin show. You need to come back and work. Like, I need you here." He goes, no, no, it's like I'm going on this trip. He wasn't a basketball player, but he was six six, so they took right. him right and then like they needed him. And my grandfather's like, No, you have to come back. Like I am having I'm swamped. I need you at the store. So he goes back and works, and that was the week. That was the week the plane that crash. The plane crash died. So I played there twice. Yeah. I've had two shutouts because I go and look at the memorial plaque yeah. and think, man, I was like that close to me not even being here. Right. So, like, it's pretty – I don't know. There's some weird connection. That's a chilling story. being in Evansville. Yeah. Um, and, and actually – because I remember hearing and him telling me, but to see on the like on the wall, see all the all the newspapers and all the people, yeah. and it's like, man, he was, like, that close to being on that team and going on that trip. He never played basketball again. Right. Um, oh, we, oh it's, that was it for him. Yeah, that was it. That was it. So pretty crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. If we could play every game in Evansville from now on, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> but, I mean, did he ever let – I mean, did that ever affect him in any way? I mean, did he take – does he – I mean, Never, probably it, locks it up. Yeah, I mean, it probably it, does. didn't but, really talk about it too yeah. much. Um, did, doesn't seem like it did. I just kind of think he's like, all right, lucky bounce. Like, yeah, <laughs> good thing, you know. <laughs> kind of things work out how they should. And uh, so that was pretty cool. But my dad was um, – he was actually uh, he was, was a semi-professional bowler growing up. Okay. So that was kind of was is I was a bowler growing up. So like, he was really big into bowling, which is it fit with the sports thing because again yeah. back then before online you had to go to shows, you had to go to sports right. auction shows, you had to go see stuff. Yeah. So he would always be traveling. So I got to go to really cool places, and he would go there to bowl and to do a sports thing, and um, so he had some pretty cool stories for me growing up. Just like a dad, yeah. like, like just yeah. like Shavs is going to have with his kids, like yeah. stories in the locker room. I didn't, my dad didn't have a locker room atmosphere, yeah. but he was in that sports bar, bowling alley, right. dartboard, pool table type of, <laughs> type of stuff. So there are some pretty cool stories and some pretty cool people I've met. Well, you see, you and your kid. dad need to work on a book because I'd read it because, like, <laughs> you know, I want tales from the road from you and then or tales from uh, uh, different uh, colored pads. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so I got those this year. Like, I, I needed new pads. The vapors I had worn last year were ripping, and I was like, I need new ones. So I called the guy. The borrower guy was great. Ended up giving me a set, you know, a demo set that I, I got to buy for whatever. And uh, he's like, you know, extra large. All I have are white and red. 
And I was yeah. like, if that's all you have, I'll take them, right. I guess. So that's not even close to my colors. <laughs> so I wore them, and, and, and they did pretty well. So, But white goes with everything, the goes way you move around. So that's yeah. that's all good there. <laughs> I got uh, – I was like, I tripped a few times. This guy was telling me the street hockey games outside. <laughs> you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation has given me new pads. And oh. Stuff, so I heard it all. But oh, that's that's going below the belt. But that's all right. Block it out, though. It was good. Right. I, the pads worked well for me. So right, right. Let the play do the talking. Now, you've got I – mean, there's some world-class chirpers on this team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know that. But do goalies chirp back? Because you get guys who are, you know, like, yeah. ah, just let it go, let it go. But you see some guys – I see the, the mask bouncing. I can tell oh, yeah. they're talking back. Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, that's because goalies can be tough without having to be tough. Yeah. We can talk and, and, and slash and we can do whatever we want. And, like, <laughs> if anyone touches us, they're going to get killed. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's more because we have this false sense of security. Uh, which You've are, got guys around to protect you. Yeah, shout out to all of my teammates and all my defensemen <laughs> that come to mind because we would not be tough without them. Because what am I going to do to someone, you know? Right. But I will chirp them, though, yes. Yeah. So you, you've never gotten into You've never dropped the gloves. You've never. Oh, I've gotten into it before. Yeah, um, yeah definitely gotten into it before. Uh, another funny quick story. So I played for Peoria when we, their Columbus Cottonmouths were in our, our, our league. And that was at the time Shannon Sabados was uh-huh. the first goal goalie playing pro hockey, at least in the SP. Super nice girl. I mean, I've talked to her a bunch. Good goalie. We had a game against them, you know, line brawls, you know, going on. And I'm like in that mode where like I was getting into it with the guy and then I see guys fighting and like your first instinct is like, let me go fight the other goalie. Yeah. And I like took my helmet off and I was like, I need to think about this for a second <laughs> because if I were to beat her up, which probably wouldn't happen, but if I beat her up, I would not be good. I got all over TSN. I'd be having my head on a dartboard somewhere. <laughs> And if I got beat up by her, which was probably the more likely, I think scenario, you would have made Sports Center. I mean, you would one have, way or another. Yeah, yeah I, I, I probably would be ran out of pro hockey. So I'm glad I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> but that was as close as I've come in a pro to a goalie fight. <laughs> was almost fighting. Was wanting to fight, but forgetting that that, that Shannon was there. Shout out to Shannon because yeah, she was super nice. She I, she probably would have beat me up. So it would have been a bad look either way. Well, uh, you know. Uh, Michael Hauser had a you know oh yeah had, had an embarrassing Adam moment Bay, with, with Adam Bay. I mean, Bay. let's just say, make the one thing it, you can insert Michael Hauser with any ninety nine percent of ECHO goalies, myself and Garrett included, that would have had the same result of that. I mean, <laughs> well, I, here's an embarrassing story. We were on the bus. I, I think it was it was last year. Yeah. And that fight with with uh, Vay and Hauser happened the year before, and we were just talking about it on the bus. Yeah. And I'm like, who did Vay beat up? And they're like. How's her sitting right there? I'm like, ooh, sorry, sorry, buddy. How's, sorry, your, buddy. <laughs> how's her face? Yeah, no, those MMA guys, those guys don't. Whoever thinks wrestling is is, is fake, just go in a ring with an MMA guy, right? Because so, that's that's what I've heard is that he's big into that. And yeah, he certainly showed it. Yeah. Oh, well, Fuchs is in the, in the UFC, and I've always yeah, like uh, yeah. he says, "No, I have I have no desire to to right. actually get into the octagon or even attempt it." Yeah, I have fought before, like in my junior days and stuff, and like. The way I mean, I'm not making, I'm not pre-excusing myself for my poor performance in a fight. But if I were to get in one, you know, I wear my gear in a way that my chest protector is tucked and tied into my pants, yeah. and I have suspenders over them. I don't want it to move. So for me, fighting and trying to throw a punch, I'm going to tire myself out in about six seconds, and then I'm going to get my ass kicked. It's like, it's just, I if I could take off my suspenders and untie my my chest protector, I'll think about it. Because that would, that would really loosen up a lot of my right. arm swaying motion because I'm pretty locked in. It's just how I wear my gear, so I'm not fit for fighting. Oh. <laughs> do you have any brothers or sisters? Are you? A, I do. I have, yeah. I have a younger brother um, who actually lives in South Bend. Um, he, he's, a, he's a materials 
composite materials engineer. Um, he got all of the brains in the uh, family. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. I can't even imagine what entails in that. He designs this. He works for a company that um, produces materials for anything. So his job is he's a composite, which composite materials is just a way of saying, how do you make stuff for lighter, cheaper, better, more yeah. durable, more flexibility, cheaper, easier to put on, easier to coat, and he basically just solves the problems of this company for their materials parts. So he's always just, he's the coolest job because he's in the R&D development side of things. Yeah. So his boss will say, hey, we're trying to do this. So come up with a design and test this out. And if it works, great. And if not, okay. So like, he, it's not like, like his designs are, are, you know, building structures. If they fall, he's going to get fired. Like he's just in the R&D. So yeah. Uh, he kind of has free reign just to like solve problems and he's super yeah. creative and he thinks uh, like that. It's it's funny that, that you say that because we were talking about something I just put up on my wall and that is something that my dad did. His company came to him. Okay. We have this problem. Yeah. Can you make a piece of equipment? And he did. And right. it's patented and it's hanging up on that's my wall. What, okay. That's what that that's is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. So yeah, he, they, it's probably the same thing. So yeah, so he works there and um, gets to come down to some games and stuff, which is really cool. Uh, yeah, he's he's six six, two thirty. He should have been the hockey player. <laughs> he would have been a right shot defenseman. Would have right. been in the NHL. And he never played. Hundred percent. No. no, I took all the athletic side. He took all the. Uh, he didn't play the, any sports. He did. He didn't yeah. play them competitively or well. well. I guess he didn't care enough. <laughs> right. Um, he did play sports. But doesn't that that see that upsets me when I see someone who is you know six six, you know two twenty five. I'm like, oh, if I could have that, I'd be you know what? I'd be a middle linebacker in the NFL yeah. right now. And he's got <laughs> the strength without. Yeah. W like without working out like yeah. he's just built way broader than me so yeah w my parents got that one completely backwards they flip-flopped <laughs> <laughs> so oh well man i'm glad we did this man this was a good one yeah absolutely. i really had i had a good time doing I this feel like one. we could have part two there's, there's i, I so think much we to talk about. i think we could yes yeah. indeed it might we might have to have so it. i was i was thinking a little bit about our conversation i'll leave you with this mm -hmm. um you know one of the big things that i'm passionate about is just studying the cosmos and yeah. just understanding the universe. It's, it's super interesting to me. And I was thinking about what I would want to say on a podcast, like what would be a cool ending line? Uh, and, and, and I'll give you a very simple quote that keeps me up at night, uh, which is, which is cool because it like really uh, just gets into my bones. It's like, this is, I know that I'm not smart enough to investigate or to be in that field, but I like hearing people that are talk about it. Um, and one of the quotes, and I don't know who it is, but they said there are only two possibilities in this in this universe. We are either alone or we aren't, and both are equally terrifying. Okay, Eric, uh, <laughs> if I call you up at 3 a.m. tomorrow morning, trust me. what gonna, did you just put in my head? You're going to wake up and be like, wow, that is very true. You're going to get the phone call. It's pretty cool. So when you think about that, it, it, it keeps you thinking for a while. So a keeps you busy. Profound statement yes. here on the Comets profound Podcast. Talk. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> All right, well, I think we have your T-shirt made up. We're going to just put that on it. We're going to sell that at a souvenir stand. Perfect. <laughs> It'll be me and, uh, and the Ilya Brzgalov quotes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great, man. I appreciate you coming in. It was a lot appreciate of fun. Appreciate the time, Shane. All right, buddy. There you have it. Another episode in the books. What a neat conversation. What a neat guy Eric Levine is. I got a feeling we could have sat there and done another hour. We might have to have Eric back in uh, to do another episode before the season ends because he's quite the interesting guy. 
Well, there it is. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're going back and listening to all the episodes. If you have not gotten caught up on the previous 21 episodes, uh, they're right there at comments.com. Go to FanZone right there. They're all there, and I would appreciate everybody for listening this season. It has been a really good first season of podcasting here in Cometland. So thanks again. I have been your host, Shane Alberani, and you've been listening to the Combat Ops Arena Comets Podcast.